Would you turn with me in your Bibles to John 2020? We continue our study of 2020 verses. It's been a it's been a great study for me. I've really enjoyed the privilege to study God's word from the verses that God has given us. And this is a real, real special one. Not that any of the Bible's not, but gracious. This is a pure God verse in my view. John 2020. We're dealing with seeing our way through this year. If we're going to see our way through, we're going to have to see Jesus. That's what's happening here. And when he had so said, he showed unto them his hands and his side. Then were the disciples glad when they saw the Lord. Isn't the gospel so pure and sweet, simple? These disciples and others that were in this room were locked away. They were afraid. They were afraid of the Jews. We'll look at verse 19. Then when the same day evening, or then the same day at evening, being the first day of the week, when the doors were shut, where the disciples, where the disciples were assembled for fear of the Jews, came Jesus and stood in the midst, and saith unto them, Peace be unto you. And so that's what brought on this gladness, this, this um, response from the disciples. Then were the disciples glad when they saw the Lord. I wonder how glad are you today? And I'm not talking about happiness. Happiness is so deceitful. Happiness is so frivolous it kind of folds in and out of our lives. Depends on our circumstances. But here's the depth of Jesus. This is what Jesus does. Jesus comes and he gets in the midst. You put Jesus in the midst of whatever you do. If you want to be glad... And so then were disciples glad when they saw the Lord. And he had just told them peace. They were not having their best day. I mean, Jesus uh, has resurrected from the dead. And they all, every one of them had fled and run away. They had doubted God and there's not much gladness when we doubt God. And so they were doubting God and and they had, of anything, they didn't have any peace. And peace is your joy. And joy is your strength. And we need God. We need Jesus in the midst and we need to see him. Now, now we got to understand that in this time, Jesus came physically in this room that was locked. And he came with a transformed body, but it was a body of flesh. Because he showed them his hands and his side. And you know, the, today, in our world today, we're not, we're not living by sight. These eyewitnesses' account of Jesus physically are over, as far as I know. We're called to walk by faith and not by sight. But here's the deal, and here's what I want to say. I'm entitled what I want to try to say today, facing our fears by focusing on reality. Did you know that you can see something that you might not can touch physically? 
that can be reality. And that's what Jesus is. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So my point is, or where I want to go with this is, Jesus, though, though he is not going to come physically anymore because he's in heaven making intercession for us with these same scars in his hands and his feet in his side. But to know that by faith and a spiritual essence, we can embrace, we can benefit from all the presence of Jesus just as if we were in this room as the disciples. By faith we grasp these things. God has not called us to be sightseers. He's called us to be believers. Do you believe in Jesus? Have you seen his scars? Have you seen his wound prints? Because I'm going to tell you, all of your life, if we face this year, any other day, or any other moment, we're going to have to read it through the holes in Jesus' hands. We're going to have to climb up into the cave of the love in his side to hide from the dangers and the fears. Is there some sort of cloud around your life, some darkness? Most likely there probably will be because that's the very thing that causes us to need Jesus, to bless his holy name, and to know that we can be glad even when the circumstances don't change. Did you hear me? I mean, sometimes we think, well, you know, when things get better, I'm going to be better. No, that is not what Jesus called us to do. These circumstances did not change. They were still in the room, locked away from the world. They were still, I suppose, afraid of the Jews. But here it is. Jesus said to them, peace. You know, what a great word that is. And he is the prince of peace. But how much peace do you have in your life? I mean really, really peace. I'm not talking about fickle peace. That depends on whether or not the, the Bulldogs win or whether you win the lottery or whether you get a good report from the doctor. But I'm talking about peace that manifests itself when knowing that Jesus died for me. And so by that death, you understand what that means? Romans 8, 1 says there's now no condemnation in them that walk not after the flesh but after the spirit. Right now, this moment, because of the blood of Jesus shed for you, because of the evidence of the scars that by faith you see, and I believe every believer, every believer, every child of God, you know that Jesus is real. So, so let's not let anything in this year kick around our lives, even though there's a lot of sin and temptation, there's a lot of doubts, there's a lot of struggles and trouble that hover over our path, that Jesus comes and we see that scar and we see that love and he says, peace. You know, peace 
is not the absence of problems. Peace is the presence of God. Sweet peace that passes all understanding. I give unto you again, the circumstances never changed here. What these folks saw was Jesus. And Jesus came and, you know, he comes in those kind of ways. You can't lock Jesus out. And he comes in the most unexpected places and to the most unexpected people. Would you believe it? See, they were were hiding from him, everybody. And they, Jesus, you know, it proves Jesus doesn't wait till we get all our life in order and then he comes. He comes. And he comes to show us where gladness and peace really come from. It comes from God. Now why is it that he can give us this peace? Because he took away the wrath of God on the cross of Calvary. (laughs) Do you understand that? I know you do. but, But man, I like to say it because I need to make sure I know it. Do you realize that without Jesus Christ, without these scars, without the resurrection, we would be in hell forever. It doesn't matter where you go to church. It doesn't matter what you know or don't know or haven't done or have done. What matters is those scars. What matters is the peace that comes from the fact that Jesus went on the cross and he died and he suffered and he bled and he said it is finished and he gave up the ghost and he rose again. There by God has sealed it. So here's the peace. Here's what makes you glad. If God is really convicting your heart, see that peace is going to come when you just submit to him and you say, God, I know it. I know God, I'm a sinner. I know how much I need you, and our God want this peace. Now, if you think you're going to find it, partying with the world, if you think you're going to make God out to be some sort of sidekick, you got another thing coming. What you got to do, and what I need to do, is just completely understand, if you want to be glad, what Jesus has done for you, and you believe it, and you trust him, and you rejoice in it, because that's what he's done. He's loved us so much, he's gave himself for us and what he's blessed us. And so when the disciples saw the Lord, they were glad. And you know, they, they, they responded that after he showed them his hands and his, and his side. Isn't that amazing? And you know, Jesus didn't have to do that. He didn't. But I want you to remember something. These scars that are on our Lord, they are with him today in heaven. He has those scars. That's the only thing he took from the earth. I wonder why. I believe that, that God's scars are there to remind us. It doesn't matter when we're in heaven a thousand years or more. We're going to still be reminded that Jesus died for us. And so Jesus comes there and he, that's all he did. He shows them his hands and his feet. 
He didn't come there and say, well, now, what kind of doctrine are you preaching here? He didn't come there and say, well, who do you let in your communion? How many times have you been baptized? He didn't say anything about that. What he said was, look in my hands and my feet and my side. Where's the scars? I'm going to tell you, friends, wherever you're with God, where are the scars? Do you see that with Jesus? That his wounds are real because when you face your fears, or you're going to have to focus on his wounds. That's what God says. And so Revelation talks about that. In Revelation 5, 6, there is a lamb slain that is standing right in the midst of the 24 elders. There's the lamb, that one that, that they couldn't find to open the seven seals. But there was one that hung between heaven and earth on a cross. And his name was Jesus. And he hung there for you and me to make the wrath of God, to take it all in for us. Oh, my goodness. We need to see the wounds more. We need to understand what Jesus has done for us. Sometimes I think we get so caught up in how good we think we are or my life's not measuring up or what we've done. You know, sometimes I think my life, I was thinking this morning, my life, I think sometimes it's just some kind of wound. I mean, just a big old oozing sore as far as God's concerned. When I think about all my failures and sins, and then I look at Jesus, and I see his wound. And I know that his wound is the wound that heals my wound. Now, the scars of life will be there, but I'm going to tell you a clean wound will heal. But it reminds us. It does, of God's amazing grace. It reminds us of what God has done for us. It reminds us that Jesus still makes intercession for us. You know that Jesus Christ right now as we try to preach his word, as we try to serve him, he is right now ever living to make intercession for us in heaven. And even though there's enough sin in this sermon to send me to hell, my Lord, I'm confident, will stand before the holy, righteous God the judge of all the earth and he will intercede and he will take my little feeble efforts and yours and he'll hold up his hands and he'll be reminded that as the priest that ever liveth to make intercession I'm going to tell you friends that is the power don't you ever ever forget that Jesus died on the cross don't you ever forget that when you're suffering and you're wounded and life's not shaking out like you think when there's something around you that you can't control, some circumstance that you didn't make, you remember that Jesus came into this place, this 2020 verse, and you say, you see with me that he came and he showed them his hands and his feet. Then were the disciples glad when they served, saw the Lord. What a blessing that is. What a joy that is to see that in our ways. And you know, Jesus, John 20, 20 is so full of grace. Such a powerful chapter, 20, John 20, 20. But, you know, the, the last verse, listen to this last verse of this chapter. But these are written. See, Jesus did so many things that the, the last verse of John, you couldn't even hold it in the world, in the volumes, in the libraries of the world. But these are written that ye might believe that Jesus is the Christ, 
the Son of God and that believing you have life through his name. Now, to believe that Jesus is the Son of God, you got to have the scars. Jesus proves that. The one thing he wanted him to show him was his scars. Now, we got a lot of religions in this world. We got a lot of mess going on in churches. We got a lot of situations. But I'm going to tell you this. You know how you tell what's true? You look for the scars. If you can't read it through the wounds in the Savior's hand, you throw it away. If you can't crawl in there in that side of his love and his unconditional grace, you don't, you don't mess with it. I'll tell you, I don't care how many millions follow it, they'll never, you'll never find any scars in Muhammad's hands. You'll never find any scars on John Smith's side. You won't. Buddha, no scars. Jesus, see, everything else is an imposter. It's an imposter because there's the scars. Jesus said, this is, this is what I did for you. And he wanted to make sure he knew or they knew. Listen, listen, listen to me now. See, this Jesus, can you imagine how much he was probably disfigured on the cross? How he was whipped? You know, if you saw the movie Passion, I mean, even in a human portrayal of it, I mean, you couldn't hardly really recognize the man that played Jesus. I mean, the whippings and the beatings. So he went through all of that. And, and he, he laid in the grave three days. And he rose again. You know, I, I, I saw people, you know, haven't you, that, that you maybe hadn't seen in a few years, and you see them, you say, man, I didn't recognize you. I didn't know that was you. You know, I, I know I'm getting off. People see me, I didn't know that was you. <laughs> but... But Jesus said, I want you to see my scars because I want you to know this is me. I am the same one that went on the cross. I am the same one that rose again. I died for you. It's me, Jesus. And what a blessing it is. Then he left him on his body just to prove the reality of who he was. Jesus is real. He is the real Savior, the only Savior. He is the door to God, the way. He is the truth. And his cross has left scars on him. He's not ashamed of them. He says, I want you to see what it is. And he didn't come there. Listen to me. Jesus didn't come there. And he, had, he could have. He could have come there and tried to shame these people. He could have said, you know, you know, you, you guys just left me, didn't you? Right when I needed you most. He didn't do it. He, he could have said, well, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to just get rid of you and get somebody else. No, no. He didn't. See, that's the love of God. See, God comes to us. And he meets us at our greatest need. And he shows us his scars. Look up here at this picture. I know it's just a picture. But it's a, it's a Savior holding or supposed to be a portrait of Jesus holding a little lamb. You know, he's got a rod there. and Jesus' rod, he is the shepherd of our souls, but it's not to whip us. His rod is to comfort us and guide us. And he holds us up as little children in his arms. That's what he does. And what a blessing that is. What a joy that is. You know, it should, should bless us to see. And you know, even though it's amazing how God works. I want you to look at your sentences with me. Because I'm afraid I 
won't get all this done if I don't do it. And I've said some of this already, but I wanted to leave some things with you. Number one is, the first sentence, if you have your bulletin, you want to fill in peace. That's the perfect peace. That word, blank. Peace comes through Jesus' finished work on the cross. Joy comes with being occupied with the reality of his person. See, that's where we're going to find joy. The reality of Jesus' person. That's where you find the joy. So Jesus is real. That's what we got to focus on. That he died, that he rose again. And that means something. It means that, that we, have, we have been given his merit by God. That all of our sins have been forgiven. That all the blessings that we missed are made up in our life. I mean, it's, it's amazing what God does for us. But this is where it comes from, being occupied with the reality of the person. That's why we come in Jesus' name to worship. That's why if you're doing anything, notice in the 19th verse that Jesus come in the stood in the midst. Whatever you're doing, if Jesus is not in the midst. Hey, this, this effort to preach this morning, if God has enabled me by his spirit to give you anything from, from heaven or from goodness, it's God that's doing it. It's not this little preacher. Because the preacher always has to be aside. The church always has to be a side. It need not, need not be the singing or the deacons or the preacher. It needs to be Jesus right in the midst. Jesus, he is the midst. He comes and when he gets right in the middle of it and he stands, notice he's standing. And he's standing because he's celebrating his victory. And he's wearing the ornaments of these scars as, as emblems of a battle that he has fought with Satan and that he has won. And he is resurrected because, you know why he won? Not only was he the son of God, death cannot kill innocence. Jesus Christ was innocent. You got to embrace the reality of Jesus being completely sinless because that sinlessness was transmitted to you and to me. I don't know about you, I get awful discouraged at my failures, at my tendency to stray away from God. But when I look at him, and I face my fears, and I focus on the reality of what Jesus has done. My, my goodness, it all, it all makes a difference. Number two, love must be regulated. That word's regulated by faith. Now, I was thinking about that. You know, a regulator is what kind of gives the right amount of things in the right proportion. You know, you got them on your cars. Different motors have regulators. Uh, well, we have, to, we have to understand we have to be regulated. We have to have faith to regulate our situations in life. Because, see, if I had time, I would like to tell you, and you can read this, Mary Magdalene was the first to see the resurrected Lord. First human, okay? And that's amazing in itself. It wasn't 11 disciples. It was to a woman that had been cast, he had cast out seven demons who had been a slave to Satan. That's who Jesus comes to. Starts at about verse 11. But Mary Magdalene was there stooped over looking for her Lord and weeping. And Jesus says weep not. She was focusing on the tomb. 
And so she needed to be reminded that, that love, that's why she was weeping. She loved God, needed to be regulated by faith. And if it was regulated by faith, what she would have been doing rather than weeping would have been rejoicing. Because had Jesus still been in the tomb, our sins would still be counted against us. You understand that? So understand that your faith or your love for God, and you love him because he first loved you, always know it has to be regulated by faith because things are going to come in your life that you're not going to understand. See, the only degree God gives is a master in tribulation. And sometimes you will go to Whale University. Your life is not going to always be hunky-dory on earth. See, that's where you've got to understand Jesus went to the cross. That's what Christianity is about. It's about something, some being, in this place, Christ, the Son of God, taking and being the remedy for our sins. It's the only religion that deals with that. The resurrection is the foundation of our Christian faith. It is. And we need to magnify that. So all of our responses need to be regulated, you know, by God's love. You know, I, I could go on. You could think of something, too. I, I think of Hagar in the wilderness. You know, when she was put out, and she wondered, she's about to starve to death and thirst to death in a little baby. And so she cried out, and, and what did the angel do? He said, well, look over there. There's some water right there by you. How many times has God took something away from us? We better be glad he did. <laughs> but he's left us the sustenance that we need. That is what Christianity, that is what Jesus is trying to say. And Mary said that, and what a blessing that is. So our love must be regulated by faith. You know, later on, Jesus says, Mary, and she turned herself in the same chapter, earlier verses, and she says, my, my master, that's what she said. Rabboni, my master. And, and so Jesus called her name. And so when you think about Jesus knowing our name. When you think about the fears that we have, now think about these disciples. They, they probably were conjuring all kinds of things might happen. But I want to remind you that probably at least two-thirds of the things we worry about never, ever happen. They don't. And so, so when you think about God and we think about what he means for us, it's, it's the blessings that he gives us. And Jesus has called us to look up. Always look up to Christ. What a blessing that is. Um, grace, number three, helps us know that our risen Lord is real and substantial. I want to tell you, maybe I, I know I say things about my life I probably shouldn't tell you, but I'm not saying to make you think any more of me, but years ago, and this is a small illustration. But it just come to my mind, and it, it, when I was studying the other day, this message. Years and years ago, it's been a while back, our little girls found a little cat in a ditch. And we raised that little cat as a kitten. His name was Pumpkin. And so Pumpkin lived in our house, or outside of our house, around our house, for almost 20 years. But when Pumpkin, I was here at the church maybe 10 years ago, I got a call, and my neighbor said, you know, Randy, this cat of yours has fallen through this fence trying to catch a squirrel or a bird. His really leg has ripped his, part of his leg off, so it looks really bad. So I didn't know. You know, when I got home, 
you know, I was kind of raised in the country, and so, you know, I'm not probably as close to animals as I ought to be. I mean, you know, you have to deal with life. I mean, old yeller, you know. I mean, that happens. kind of happens. But, but anyway, so, so I get home, and, and um, I, I get pumpkin, and it looks so bad, I was just going to try to, well, I was going to try to help put him out of his misery. That's how bad it was. But I remember I put him in a little, a little pet carrier. I put him in my truck, and I, and I went to do what I was going to have to do, and some way I got off track and forgot about it and come back home in the afternoon with the cat still in the box. And one of my little girls, I don't know if it was Kelsey or Caroline or whatever, come up and say, Granddaddy, why you got pumpkin in that box? I said, well, I was going to help him feel better. And so they said, well, he don't need to be in there. So he turned him out. And so pumpkin goes off in the woods somewhere. And, you know, pumpkin comes back in two or three weeks, and he has three legs. But he's limping around, and he's still a happy cat. And he comes around, and here's my point. I never forget, we had a little pool then back to our house. And I remember sitting on the deck one evening, watching the girls swimming. And so I was there, and I was laying in a lounge chair. And all of a sudden, Pumpkin jumps up in my lap. And he curls up, and you know how they purr? And he just purrs. And I look over at Pumpkin, I look at his scars, and I think about what I was going to do. And it's almost like Pumpkin was saying, you know what? I still love you. You know, I, I never forget that. And, and I know that's a, a small, but, but every time I'd walk around the house, old pumpkin would rub my legs. I think he made it a point to get to me. He wanted to show me. He wanted to show me that he could make it on three legs. I'm going to tell you, there's place in our life that God is teaching us. I want you to see my scars. You want to see, see something to be a deterrent for our sin, make us faithful? What is it? What is it that we need more than Jesus? There's not anything. Here's the last sentence, and I'll let you go. The most real thing under heaven, and you already know this one, is the Lord Jesus Christ. There's nothing any more real than Jesus. Have you made him real in your life? Have you obeyed him in every way? Uh, if, you, if you're a believer and you, you, and you haven't been baptized, immersed in water, man, don't miss that privilege. That, he's, he's got his hands done. You know, are you afraid to come to Jesus? I mean, he's holding up his hands, got holes in them, scars in his side. He loves you so much. He has paid the penalty. He comes to us and he says, come unto me and I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. You find rest for your souls. That's what life with God is about. As we stand and sing this morning, maybe this is the time you say, I'm going to come. Gee, I see those scars. Maybe as I've never seen them before. And I know my Lord died for me. And you embrace the reality. That's where the gladness comes. When you saw Jesus, they saw Jesus. When you see Jesus. Then were disciples glad when they saw our Lord. Let's don't ignore him any longer. What a blessing. What a Savior as we stand together.